Hi, my name is Jason Adriani, and welcome to the Blading Chats, your skating chat based. In this podcast, we are talking with bladers and bladies from all over the world, united by a single passion, blading. Episode 15, AJ Stein. Today we are going to talk with uh, AJ Stein, which is like the um, brand owner, the owner of the brand uh, Blade Club. And uh, we are going to discuss about um, fees, the Blade Club, what is going on right now. What is going on right now in um, in Bangkok? And uh, he's from what I've learned uh, from originally from Chicago. So I would ask also if he does like have any news from um, Chicago and the current situation in Illinois. Yo, Karsten, wie geht's, mein Freund? Alles gut? All right. Yeah, settle down a couple of questions. Tomorrow I'm going to have uh, the blading chat with Miguel Ramos. And um, yeah, it's going to be like a pretty interesting uh, uh, week because I'm going to talk with Cameron Card, Austin Pass, Brian Aragon on Sunday. And uh, yeah, as I, as I was saying, tomorrow I'm going to talk as well with uh, Miguel Ramos. I'm gonna say hi to all the people who just joined in. Hey Carson, I see you shredding around the, the spots in Hamburg, huh? Amazing. Lucky for you guys, you are able to still go around to the city. I almost forgot my way to the hometown skate park. <laughs> Just because I've been stuck here at home since, um, what's up, Matthias? Since like uh, almost a month already. Yeah, like in, damn, in a week it will be like a month. It's crazy. Mac, how you doing? I was in Strasbourg because I've seen like in Strasbourg, it's, uh, it has been hit quite, uh, quite hard, isn't it? Ciao, bello. <laughs> Salut! Mm. Grande Ale, tutto bene? Adesso tra tre minuti andremo live con AJ. Oh damn! Yeah, I've, I've, I've learned it from the news. That, um, yo Mike, what's up my brother? I've learned from the news that in Strasbourg it's, it has been like, it has been heated quite heavily from that um, situation. Mm-mm, yeah, damn. It's crazy how, like in Germany, they have like a lots of um, infected people, but the number of the death is like a uh, really small compared, like to France, Spain, or Italy. Yeah, Mike, I'm doing I'm doing well. Fortunately, uh, I'm able to do my exercise, um, skating a little bit, and uh, yeah, luckily, I'm I'm doing okay. Besides the fact that like, uh, I'm not able to work, but yeah. We will figure out a way to get through it. Ah, grande Ale. Fai bene, beato te che almeno lavori. 
Oh yeah, AJ is here. Um, so yeah, let's invite him. Even Yara is here in the house. What's up, Yara? Definitely, Mac. Definitely. I would like to have like one of these with you. And uh, let's wait right now to be connected with AJ. Yo! Oh, yo, yo! Damn, look at that. Boss mode on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking... Yara is here, isn't it? Boss mode. Yeah. <laughs> you good? Damn, man, I'm fucking great. <laughs> man, like lucky you, bro. <laughs> How's it going so far in Bangkok? Uh, good, good. I actually got out of Bangkok about a week and a half ago. I'm down at some little city called Pattaya. It's mm -hmm. like a grimy little vacation city, probably an hour and a half south of Bangkok. My girlfriend's family has a house here, and they aren't <laughs> using it. So we came to quarantine here for probably a month or two. Damn, it's like the best spot to be with, like to to get like a, to be in quarantine. Actually, you just sent me the picture the other day, and we did like all of those uh, uh, with the swimming pool and stuff like that. It looks like paradise, isn't it? Yeah, man, it's fucked. I guess my quality of life kind of went up. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's great, but like everything's gotten actually a lot better for me over the last couple of weeks. Awesome. So I'm just kind of enjoying it. <laughs> lucky you, lucky you, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's like, good? How's Italy? I mean, I'm sure everyone asks you how it is at home. But it's it's like um, it's crazy. Like slowly, like the the news said like uh, two days ago we reached like the peak. So like. From like two days ago, everything, the numbers are going down, the infected people are going down, and they are thinking that maybe, but like uh, really, we have like to be careful of like the, uh, saying these words, but like we are going to um, be able to leave uh, like, the houses and stuff like that after Easter. But uh, yeah, we, have, we still have to see like what is going on, what's up with the numbers and uh, what's up with the infected people and uh, um, the number of deaths because like uh, it really goes up and down. Like one day you have like uh, 200 deaths, the second day, the next day you have like 700 or 800 deaths and the next day on like you have like 300. So it's really like a, like a roller coaster. So yeah, quite crazy. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's fucked. That's completely <laughs> fucked. So, it does, sorry. it does. <laughs> Yeah, man, like, um, yeah, because just like I was saying to everyone, to, to the rest of the guys, like, um, we totally, like, um, uh, underestimate the, the words from the, the government and from the doctors, and we were like, yeah, it's just the flu, um, whatever, it will never gonna hit us and stuff like that, and then, like, from one day to another, like, pops up, like, a, a thousand of people getting infected, and the next day, we had, like, three thousand, and and so on and uh, and like when we real like we have started to realize that that that, that thing was like a, a proper thing like uh, three four days after that the government says okay guys uh, from Monday seven from Monday eight everybody should stay at home quarantine lockdown mode on and stuff like that and like in the first three days we weren't even like uh, uh, taking care of, of those messages from the government we were like yeah we can get rid of it easy no problem. But then, like, when we saw all of those numbers, they were like, all right, it's something serious. Yeah, man, I understand. I'm pretty lucky, uh, fucking. So I'm, like, a really boring guy. I really don't go out that much. Like, when I'm in Bangkok, I, uh, like, I go to work, and then I go to the gym, I play some ball, 
but mostly I'm just sitting at home kind of quarantined anyways, like playing video games and smoking <laughs> dope, doing play club stuff and just watching Trailer Park Boys on Netflix. Like I don't really go out that much. So I think nothing's really changed for me. <laughs> I know my, my girlfriend's pretty bummed. She likes going out and having fun, but uh, I like chilling out a lot. So I don't know, we've been cooking a lot and just enjoying each other's company, trying not to get like bored at the house. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. right, same as everyone. Awesome. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Like uh, we need to discover like new way to, to live the house and uh, uh, be together with our partners if we do have to. And then, but like, what are you doing like um, as a job in Bangkok? I always wanted to ask you that. Uh, right now I was coaching basketball. I had a full-time mm -hmm. gig coaching basketball, but I resigned from that probably like a month ago. And I got a job teaching middle school language arts. Uh, so like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, like English, you adverbs and predicates and like parts of speech and you know, like English language, not like English, not like ESL classes, more like language mm -hmm. arts classes. So I got a job doing that. I worked for one week at the school and then they were like, everybody's fucked. We're going to start teaching classes online. And then, so I just got to start teaching. I got hired right before this. And then I got to start teaching classes online Damn. because of that. Like we were able to come here. So and yeah, I got a job in this place and everything just kind of worked out. So I don't know. We're pretty fortunate, I guess. I'm really happy about it. Great, great. Um, that, that's good to hear. Could have been shitty. Yeah, it could have been shitty. Like stop getting paid and living in a little apartment in Bangkok. That could have been a bummer. Mm, yeah, true, true, true. But like, is it hard like to teach from like your computer? Like uh, you have to do like anything like um, crazy stuff within like all of these programs, or it's easy? It's like a uh, like our call right now. Pretty, it's pretty simple. It's definitely not the future of education, though. Like it's, it's shitty. I don't know. It, how would you wouldn't really want to take a class from home, right? Like it's hard to get in the right mind frame to really learn something. I mean, adults can, you can hang out in front of YouTube and teach yourself something. But if you're 12 years old, like mm -hmm. sitting at your computer, trying to listen to me talk about parts of speech and adverbs and fucking syntax, like that's dull. And if you're sitting at home, so like I try to limit the classes to like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of teaching some shit mm -hmm. and then give them like a worksheet that I'll do with them. And then just giving them a bit of like at home work to do because I don't know. It's kind of tough on everybody. It's not ideal for the kids either. True. So you just true. deal with it. Yeah, I do have a friend here in Italy. She's like a teacher in elementary school. And she told me that like um, the kids won't last like uh, 30 minutes in front of the screen of, of the of the computer or of the of the cell phones. We didn't like listen the, to the lessons. They have like um, they within like their like workmate. They have decided to do like those uh, 25, 30 minutes max lessons per like material per subjects. So like uh, they're going to do 30 minutes math, then like a uh, 15 minute breaks and then 30 minutes of Italian, then 15 minute breaks uh, and they're gonna make like, uh, I don't know, um, history or something like that. Just because the, the peak of the concentration of the kids is pretty low and it's pretty hard to, to keep on going, you know? Yeah, man, no, it's not, I don't, It's nice. I guess it's good that we have it right now, True. but it, it's no substitute for like fucking in-class education. Oh, Asia has like works. a- I mean, it works. I'm getting paid. I'm happy we have it because I still have a job and it works good. 
Perfect. But I mean, for some things it's easier, but I don't know. You couldn't really teach like, I don't, I don't know. Just kids mm -hmm. can't really learn this way. True, true, true. Totally agree. Totally agree. We definitely have a question from Asia. She's asking, are your students just kids or also from other nations? And like, uh, uh, would you also teach skating? Uh, it's an international school, so it's called the, uh, what, yeah, it's a, I'm not going to give the name. That'd be a bad idea. True, but it's true, an international true. school, and it's an English-speaking school run by a large education company. So mm -hmm. mainly you teach in English, but you have students from all over the world whose parents live in Bangkok. And then, uh, yeah, I do teach skating. I work for my homie Yannick sometimes in Bangkok. He has a company, BKK Skate School. I think CJ works for him, Note did, a bunch of dudes do. And yeah, I would teach weekend classes to like three little French kids for an hour and a half. It was all right. So wow, awesome. We, we did a big event. He did like a skate day. So I went and emceed it. It was, uh, yeah, so teach some classes, have some fun. Great. Bangkok's, yeah, Bangkok's got a really good role in scene. Yeah, it looks like in the skate park that like you guys used to skate, it's amazing. Is it like in a sports center? Like, what is that thing for? Like, because I heard like uh, it's in the middle of a sports center, in a sports center, where, like people are able to do like different activities in inside of that. Is that true? Yeah, it's in, I think, an old Olympic center, but it's in this place called Ram Kumhong Stadium. So there's like a massive football stadium, basketball court, gym. They have rock climbing wall, but it's a massive plaza. And then, yeah, it's like an open warehouse with a huge park, really good, um, like feast size, sort of big transition, big box, some bigger stuff, as opposed to like a smaller concrete park. So it's good. And then CJ shreds it up. So does Note. And then Jerisek, the homie. Like there are people there all the time who just kill it. True, true, true. Like you guys, you have like those kind of transition and tra uh, skateboard because it looks pretty pretty fine and pretty intense at the same time. Yeah, man, it's good. Let me, uh, let me move here. Sun. I gotta move my bong. Is, is it like quite uh is it hot right now? Down there in Bang in uh, yeah, close to Bangkok? We just, um, we have just lost uh, AJ. So yeah, let's wait for him to be connected again with us. Hey, Sebastian, what's up, my homie? You good? If you guys have, oh, just AJ just left. He'll be connected soon, probably. If you guys have any question, just like write it down here on the comment section so I can ask him or like we can read it together and uh, and see what, is, uh, what he is going to say about it. Miguel, how is it going on right now in Hamburg? Is it, uh, everything's fine? Yo, Chad, thank you so much. I'll see you next time, brother. Oh yeah, there you are. Waiting for AJ to be connected. He's gotta be online in a second. Yo, yeah. Let's wait, let's wait. When is coming new school skating? Yeah, you're here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to add you to the, the live stream. We do have like some, oh yeah, there you go. Yo, yes. We're back, we're back. 
fucking I didn't even notice, but my phone like was just in the sun and the back of it, it just went, uh, it said your phone's too fucking hot and then it shut off. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So is it that hot shade. right now in Bangkok? What? Yeah, it's hot as fuck. It's probably like 33 degrees or something. It's perfect. Damn, lucky you. Man, I'm so jealous right now. It's fucking dope. Things are good. Dude, like dude, look at that. And, look at that. Yeah, had some dumplings and fucking did a big grocery shop. So we're good for a little while. Exactly. Exactly. So just because you're wearing that, that super amazing hat, like uh, what is Blake Club? Mm. Like you guys have like a team, which is like probably one of the, the, the most interesting one, because uh, it seems like you pick like uh, uh, one blader per nation, which is like pretty amazing. And I do really like it. And like, you're like, um, popping out like products like with a pretty good quality like the, the bag the the hat and the wheels and the wax what is the mission of a blade club uh the mission of blade clubs is to just make shit that we want like i don't know my buddy and i my buddy shouts the other half of blade club the uh the artistic half fucking uh we just want to make stuff for ourselves pretty much and so our market's like really niche you know aggressive rollerbladers who film and want to buy stuff i don't know so we just kind of designed stuff that we like and then we both had a bit of money at the time so we just we were in china so we just decided to you know go into production um he had started with doing some wax and then i got involved and we had hats and shirts and then we worked on the bag for almost two years and those are all just things that we wanted like i wanted a camera bag that had skates and a tripod and a laptop and I wanted a five panel hat that was made from like, you know, dry fit material. So because we were in China, we could make stuff for around, you know, we could make a hundred hats each, which isn't a ridiculous amount. And we could go to the factories and make sure the quality was good. Like we mm -hmm. went to a couple backpack factories and we redid a bunch of stuff. And it would have cost other companies more to do that, but we were living in China at the time. So once we just kind of got our supply line like efficient, you know, we could make good stuff and, you know, we could make dumb stuff if we wanted, you know, we could come up with designs that we liked, you know, and if someone liked it, we could make shirts, you know, one at a time. So I don't know, it's just been dope. Like the company has been really good and we've been able to stay profitable in like a really tiny market. And that was sure. kind of the goal overall, you know, you don't want to say making money is the goal, but, you don't make money you can't pay your team you know you can't do fun shit and why would you want to have a rollerblade company if you can't do fun shit all the time so no makes sense that's kind, of our, that's kind of our motto great great and like um within like um those things in china that you've done like um, you are like living in right now in bangkok is it like a good place for going to uh, all of those peace events that are happening like all over the world or like it, you just decided to go in Bangkok for uh, being strategic to traveling to those uh, um, fees world events or it just happened that you've uh, been there? In sort of. I was living in China and then I just needed to leave. It wasn't like I wasn't super happy there. The day to day life wasn't the most comfortable. So I just took off and moved to Bangkok one day, you know, hoping it would work out because I knew I could still, you know, run the company from here. Like my buddy comes over all the time. We can do that. And then with Feast, they kind of pay for your plane ticket no matter where you're at. Okay. So it wasn't really strategic as much as I just wanted to be in Bangkok. Like it's a really nice place to live. I'm fortunate enough to get to travel a lot. 
And like lots of times when I'm at somewhere like this is dope, but I don't know if I'd want to live here full time. And then Bangkok, there's just no question. Like, I don't know, especially with the homies that are here and there's always someone coming. Like I was in China for seven years and I've been in Bangkok for two and I've probably seen a hundred times more people. I've probably <laughs> actually seen a hundred people. Like people come through Bangkok all the time. So it's just, I don't know. It's a really fun place to be. And the scene is strong, like the weather is like. good, cheap. True, true, yeah. And like, what about the, within the situation that right now it's going on with this coronavirus, uh, what is going on with, with the fees? Are you guys um, postponed the wall events or? Um... Yeah. We're, uh, we're postponed for everything. They made an announcement about Feast Hiroshima probably like a month ago. And they made an announcement about Feast Montpellier Next, or last week and then they haven't said anything about feast Chengdu. that's not till november but I, i would have no idea about that but yeah they've been pretty good about letting people know really far ahead of time true so it actually i mean it's fucking awful because you know you don't want to say it but i'm missing out on like a really fun time we'd all be you know all the boys would be in hiroshima right now with like yuto and soichiro and takeshi like we'd all be having a blast And we don't get to do that because, you know, the coronavirus. So mm, mm. it is unfortunate, you know, you're missing out. But as long as everyone's healthy, I think that's good. True, true. Makes sense. But you, are you originally from Chicago? From, from, for some uh, reason? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do. Well, I was, born in, I was born in the suburbs of L.A. My dad's from Chicago. So when things got a bit dicey in Southern California in the 90s, they moved us to Chicago. And that's where I... I think, yeah, like probably nine, seven, eight or nine I was. I moved there in year three. And then, yeah, I went, lived in Chicago, outside the city for pretty much my whole high school life and everything. Then I went back to California after high school for two years to mm -hmm. just rollerblade and build shit and have a, have a fun time. And then I went to university for a long time, uh, skated a bit in grad school. Still in Cali or you move out like in another place for university? Uh, I went to university. It's the Southern Illinois University. It's in like, it's, I don't know, six hours south of Chicago. Oh, wow. And then I went to graduate school at Arizona State University. They're both, I don't know, like notorious party schools that weren't really too tough. It was just a really nice time. So I enjoyed university quite a bit. Damn, like how was it like um, growing up in the city where like Michael Jordan were playing basketball at the time? Like, did you get any chance to, to go to the stadium to watch the Bulls, that those Bulls playing? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I don't, we never really did that. That wasn't our type of thing. Um, yeah, big Bulls fan, Bullies for life. Uh, yeah, that was dope. Jordan in the 90s was there for all of it. And then, yeah, it was really good. Um, I remember those finals quite vividly, uh, the Lakers too. Yeah, before LeBron and all that, it was good. It's different basketball, tough shit. I bet, I bet, I bet. I'm a big fan of uh, of those kind of uh, basketball, of like uh, that period of basketball because right now it seems like a, I wouldn't say uh, different, like between like how it was back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. The players are better now. That that's for sure, but it's just not the same game. It's not as tough. I like mm. tough basketball. And it looks like the players back then had like more charisma in a way, I would say. 
but, but that's me. Like, I'm not like uh, one of those fanatic basketball fans, but like to me, like it appears that back then, John Stockton or uh, Reggie Miller or like Michael Jordan or Pippen, like, they got more charisma than uh, Steve Curry or LeBron James or um, I don't know, Danilo Gallinari, you know, those kind of players. But that's yeah, me. Gallinari, you fucking would say Gallinari. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, those dudes are definitely better than, than Gallinari. <laughs> Damn. Okay. But like, yeah, they were just harder. I don't know. I like dudes that are hard, like basketball, like uh, tough dudes. And yeah, the 90s just seemed to have a bit more of that. Like the Detroit Pistols? Yeah, exactly. And the Bulls. <laughs> and the Bulls, Bulls, too. And like, what is the difference? I, I was hmm? wanting to ask you, like, what is it like? Um, it never happened like a Peace USA. Did you get any, any guess about it because of the X Games or? Well, there have been some Feast USAs. There's just not rolling oh, really? because the cities don't want to pay for it. Uh, they had Denver. Okay. And a bunch of the homies went, like the builders and Johan and a bunch of the guys went to BMX and skateboard. And they had a fucking, they had a fantastic time. But they didn't want to pay for a roller freestyle. So no they way. chose not to. Same thing with Canada. They had, I think it was Edmonton maybe, probably French Canada knowing Feast. But I don't, I don't remember where. But they had a feast in Canada, same thing, like skateboard, BMX, some other stuff, and then no roller. So that's a bummer, but I don't know. Feast is really good, so it's nice to get to go to any of them. True, true. Makes sense. I've never been to one, like, to any of them, but next time, like, next year, or, like, when you guys are going to make it to Wine Montpellier, I do really need to go there because it looks like a, such an amazing event within, like, all of the – how many people are, like, expecting for the World Week? Like um, – a hundred thousand? Maybe more, right? Yeah, it does like a hundred thousand. Um Feast Montpellier is the coolest weekend in extreme sports. I don't know if that's a bit catchy, but man, it's a good fucking time. It goes on in this little canal in the south of France with all the homies. Uh I can't say enough good things about it. It's a shame that more people from the States don't get there, but it's not cheap to go to the south of France in the summer. So, but like, I think what, two years ago, Eric Michael came out with the Chicago homie, Egon Nav. He's from my hometown. They came mm -hmm. out and that was cool. We got to skate a bit of street. But awesome. man, if you've never been to Fils Montpellier, you gotta go. It's like, I don't know, you wouldn't compare it to Winter Clash atmosphere, but it can get like Winter Clash crowded. Like you could be at a roller really? park event. Yeah, and it's like, it's packed. Cause it's packed. on the side oh of the hill. Goodness. With like general seating and sidewalks and walkabouts. Wow. Fucking, it's good. I can't say enough good things. And it looks like um, it surpassed in a way the X Games because from what I've learned, like the X Games are not doing well lately, isn't it? I have no idea. Um, I don't really pay attention to the X Games. I don't, they don't really have anything that interests me so much. True. So it just kind of passes me by. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to comment. Our feast is growing, that I know. Um, awesome. They do a lot of shows, they just do other good stuff. I don't know, we're all just so lucky to be involved. It's a good spot to be in. Uh, the judges, the whole roller crew, it's kind of like, you see the same people, it used to be like five or six times a year, and then this whole thing happened and everything's getting delayed, so it's kind of sad. But mm. man, it's just a good time. Like, it's the best. And Montpellier is the best of the best. I can't say enough good things. No. And then, <laughs> How did like you get if started? Pro, if, if you're a pro and you want to come compete at Feast Montpellier, you just let them know like a long time before 
and they'll pay for your hotel room. And wow. it's always like a nice, so yeah, it's dope. Like they make, you know, they treat their riders really well and they'll give you meal tickets sometimes and you'll be taken care of. It's good. It's good. And, and, really and it's good pretty good. That, like, exactly. And it's pretty good to see that like, they're really uh, appreciating the role building scene and the role building contest. Like they never get, get any cut of uh, role building. Right. I mean, like, I remember like back in the day, there were like also the Baltic games and I've heard like some of those sponsors did you really want to have like role bladers. So that is why the organization cut off blading and like a, a huge event as the physics like didn't really make it and all and like, and, uh, and it's still supporting it at the, at the highest level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing really good. Um, there were a couple of years, a few years back where like they could have easily gotten rid of rollerblading. It was such, there were so many issues surrounding the roller freestyle scene at the moment with the guys who were competing and shit going on and people being unhappy that they easily could have just gotten rid of it. And for feast, it wouldn't have mattered. They would have just carried on and everything would have been good. But for rollerblading, it would have been terrible. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of said, yeah, you know, everyone, you know, shit happens. And they changed up some judges and some different people and like some people that didn't want to be there took off some people that wanted to be there came uh some people came back and then yeah it's just for the last couple of years it's been running really smoothly and awesome. everyone for the most part gets along i mean the competitors still i mean there's you know gamesmanship and those dudes still get into it a bit but that's healthy you want that and nobody really you know everyone gets along It's kind of nice. It's been, you know, it's been really quiet and really easy to do the last couple of years. It's pretty cool to have, like, to have here, like, the two voice of rollerblading, you and Miguel. It's, it's amazing having you both here watching it. <laughs> Man, Miguel's a legend. Miguel's my mentor. I want to be Miguel. <laughs> he's a good dude, too. He's, he's a really hard stance on a lot of things that are completely correct. Miguel's, Miguel's a smart dude. I, uh... Yeah, he'd be a role model. If you needed to be a rollerblade MC and you needed a role model, Miguel would be the guy. Like, there are only a couple of us that are fortunate enough to have, like, this job, really. Miguel, myself, Matt Mickey does a bunch of stuff in the States. But other than that, I don't think there's anyone getting, like, consistent rollerblade True. MC jobs. Because it's so, hard, like, it's hard to handle the world situation, like, to be on point all the time. It's, it's pretty tough. It's a tough job, and you, you, you need to hype the people. So it's like, it's even harder, right? Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I think if you like it and you're good at it, it's, it's not hard. And I don't, I don't know, I think I'm lucky to just get to do something that I really enjoy and to be out there with all the dudes. So at first I would get a little nervous, but now I just get excited. And I like, I try not to get too excited. I have a problem where I'll just start screaming, you know, you don't want to get excited, but you know, the dudes out there are your friends. So you'll just start, fucking screaming like in Hiroshima <laughs> the crowd is so receptive you can just say whatever the fuck you want because they don't speak English and just end it with like yeah Hiroshima and they'll just fucking and start everybody... screaming so, <laughs> I don't know it, it's good it's just I don't know I can't explain how you know happy I am to have that job and to get to hang out with the crew and just yeah it's it can be tough you know usually Sunday Monday you can't really talk and you're beat up but And there's nothing else. There's nothing else you'd rather spend a weekend doing, really. <laughs> Great. And how did you get involved within the the FISA uh, organization and like the MC job or 
all this kind of stuff. I was, the in, I was living in Chengdu, China for some reason. I had opened a school there for a company I was working for. And it was like, yeah, they're going to have a feast. Oh, that's, fuck, that's fucked up. Like, we live here and they're going to have a feast here. So then there was a little garbage-ass skate park in the city, but some dude, I think this Pierre guy, came through and had like a little meeting. And they're like, yo, we're going to have fucking a feast contest here. We're just trying to get people involved. And I was like, oh, sick, cool. I want to be involved. And then I was at a contest maybe a month later. Uh, I help a buddy uh, who runs, actually runs Hurricane Parks now, the guy who builds parks for feasts. We were helping running this little contest in Hujou that we got to invite riders to. And maybe Alex Broskow was there and Wake Shepman, I think. Wow. It was just, it was just, I mean, they're nice dudes. We had a fun time, but it was kind of a dull weekend. They're not like party guys. And at the time we all kind of were, but so that was fun. <laughs> then there was a guy working for Feast and we just got to chat and then I was like, yo, I want to be involved. He gave me this guy, Johan's uh, email. Johan mm -hmm. is one of the head guys at Feast. He's the reason we have Roller. So he gave me his email, I hit him up. I was like, let me be involved, please. Anyway, they were like, we need a live cast guy if you'd like to do that. So maybe five years ago, six years ago, I got to do Feast Chengdu on the live cast from a truck bed or like a truck cab with Miguel. Mm -hmm. And I, they liked what I did. They thought I did a good job. So the next year I got to do Feast Chengdu again. And then I paid for myself to go to Feast Montpellier and I was like, yo, I'm here, you know, let me do the live cast. And they were like, yeah, great, please. And they were happy enough to like, let me stay. And then they asked me to do MCing, like the on-course competition. And they gave the live cast job to Freddie. So mm -hmm. that's how we do it now. Perfect, perfect, awesome. Like, do you know how Fizz started? Because Asia asked it that. I think she asked it. Yeah. How did Fizz start? Do you, like, have any clue? Yeah, the dude, uh, the guy, Hervé. I think it's Hervé Benoit. I don't know. His last name's French. It's hard to say. He did it as, like, a student project for either his master's or his what? undergrad degree. His student project was a extreme sports competition. And I believe it, there was wakeboarding, but maybe some other stuff, maybe skateboarding or some shit, and parkour, because they're French, fucking slackline, <laughs> or maybe they're mimes. But, and it just, I guess it did good. And that was maybe 21 years ago, 22, because they had the 20 wow. year anniversary of Feast Montpellier, and it was big, it was fucking Crazy. rad. So, and yeah, it just got bigger. And that dude kicks ass. The guy who runs it's a kind of talented wakeboarder, and uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. You see him riding around the events on his bike with his wife and his kids. Seems to be having a nice time. It looks like, it looks like. And what about like uh, going back to the Blade Club? Is there like any up and coming video, that team video or something like that on its way? Yeah, we got a team video coming out. I have tons the, of time to edit it. I got all the, the time in the world to edit the video and I'm not doing a fucking thing. So <laughs> like I've been playing Red Dead online. I've been swimming. Smoke tons of dope. I just so it's I don't know the sections are like kind of cordoned off, and I got the clips. I can't choose fucking. I can't choose music. I have the hardest time choosing music. Not one. <laughs> Which is like the hardest part, actually. So that's where we're at. But it should be twenty to thirty minutes, depending how much like how many building shots do I want to put in it, and shots of skates rolling on the ground and shit, or do I just want to do clips? So I got to figure that out. But 
Yeah, tons of good sections like Tomek, Prado, Matthew Heinemann. I got a Uto no, no, section, no. a Montre section, CJ and Lomax, and like crazy places. Every one of them was when those dudes were traveling. Like Nix is in Bangkok. We think uh, Montres is in Prague. Prado's in Shaman with Russell Day. I had those two together in Shaman, China for a week. So it should man. be a good video. I just need to get it done. I can't really wait, man. It looks like super, super dope. <laughs> I got to figure out if we want to make it a VOD or not. I'd probably just charge five bucks. Kind of make some money off of it would be cool. But I don't know. We're a company. We make money from people buying shit, so maybe we should give the video away. So I gotta figure that out. We'll think mm, about that I, too. Okay, okay. I would pay anything because I'm I'm like trying to support blading as much as I can, buying everything. So if it's going to be five, ten, fifteen, twenty, whatever, I'll buy it in a minute. It'll be cheap, but uh, yeah, I buy everything too. Most of it's good. Most of it's decent. A lot of it I don't really watch twice, though. I don't know some of it. I watched, so what did I watch recently twice? The Haitian Meg video was good. Or was it a, was it a Haitian, Haitian Meg? Yeah, the one who did like, uh, filmed by Mark Third, Moreno and like, um, yeah, it, it's by Bina. Or something, I can't say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I watched that movie a couple times because it's good in the background. So True. I'll be like cooking or cleaning some shit and I'll have that playing through the speaker because it's good. True. What did I watch? So, I just watched fucking, oh, I watched the best rollerblading movie ever. I watched uh, with Delphon Dio. I don't know why, but that wow. movie gets better. Every, every time I watch it, that movie gets better. To me, I got the same feeling with Formosa. Formosa, like, hype me up, like, all the time. Like, whenever I'm watching it, I all the time want to go out and skate because it's pretty how, like, Karsten and, and, uh, and Benjamin, like, have uh, shot it and how it has been edited and uh, the grading and yeah. all that. It's pretty – I do really like it. Those dudes are perfect. We are lucky enough. Yeah, might as well promote it. We are lucky enough to be able to sponsor the Cayenne Mexico video. So I was really happy about that. They, uh, let me see, Karsten, he approached me in, in Winter Clash and he was like, hey, you know, your shit is just, you know, the video is covered in your shit. Like there are hats and stuff fucking everywhere. You know, would you like to sponsor the video? I was like, yeah, fuck, absolutely. <laughs> so we threw them some money to have a little circular logo. And Joe's in the video. We gave True. away tons of shit to those guys so they could rock it. So I couldn't be happier to be affiliated or able to sponsor something, you know, with that level of quality. Yeah, true. What true. up, Cuba? What up, Cuba? <laughs> Gotta say, Kurva to my Polsky friends. <laughs> so, um, skate, guys. With that, they're probably that, at oh, work. Miro probably has them working through the virus right now. Who? Miro is like, no, 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 Kurva, you come to work today. <laughs> he would be too. It was Polish hey. about making that money, man. The Poles, <laughs> they get paid. <laughs> He should just type here in Kurva, huh? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, fucking Poland. Hey, next week I'm gonna I'm gonna have like Tomek here in the in the blading chats. Yeah, he's gonna drop a Kurva, no doubt about that. <laughs> Tomo's great. He's riding yeah. Aeons now, I think. I don't mm -hmm. know. I think he's riding Aeons now, which is dope. He's really good in Aeons. You should see Tomo getting better again. He was good, and he was good in Gods too, but he's better in Aeons. 
Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, with that being said, there's been like already 35 minutes. And um, yeah, AJ, that's way too long. <laughs> Next time will be like five minutes. Yeah, man, be fucked. Brother, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for, um, yeah, the time that you gave me for this little chat. It was, it has been like a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to see you here in Milan because you've never been here in Milan. So please come by. Yeah, man. I was supposed to go this year. We were going to go Pannonian and then straight to Italy, but they, no. they postponed that too. So we'll see. So we'll like, Italy when people are allowed to. Yeah, man. No, thank you for having me so much. This has been great to get you know my mind off other shit and hang out outside for a bit. No, no. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, let's uh, keep in touch and uh, looking forward to see you soon. And like, if they're going to postpone Pannonian and when you have the date, just tell me so you can come by and uh, we can spend some time, right? All right, man, we'll speak soon. Buy some Blade Club if you're out there. Definitely. Later. Bye, boss. Thanks for listening to Blading Chats.